0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Riggs Rag podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kaminker. Jacob, how you doing today?
1: I am doing good. I'm hanging tough. How about you, Ian?
0: Doing pretty good, man. I was gonna do this whole long, elaborate introduction like I usually do, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just ready to start talking. I'm just ready to start talking today, and uh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. I uh, got some news today with the Matt Ionitis re-signing so that was pretty cool but uh, other than that it's been pretty quiet but it won't be quiet for long uh draft is in a week and in honor of the draft coming up me and Jacob have done two seven round mocks um and we just kind of what what was the theme Jacob you did something and then I did something can you explain it
1: yeah, so we're doing two mock drafts, one with the team taking a quarterback in the first round and one with them taking another position. I got with the I, uh, ended up doing the quarterback first, Ian did the other one. So we're going to see how they shake out, what different players we end up, and just go through a couple combinations of what the Redskins might end up doing on a draft day this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. And spoiler alert, my mock is better. But no, I'm kidding. I'm Whoa,
1: he doesn't even know my picks yet.
0: <laughs> Dude, honestly... Honestly, man, it's hard to beat my mock. I'm looking at it right now, and it's just—I might be a little bit biased, but we'll—we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll—we'll we'll pit them against each other. Um, I—I I feel like it's gonna be good decisions on both sides, and there's a ton of ways they could—they could go about the draft in the second and third days, especially. So it's—it's uh, it's, it's gonna be interesting. A lot of different combinations that you could do. Uh, Jacob, I'll let you go first with your picks. we can talk it out, and then I'll give mine, and we'll just. We'll wrap it up that way. So what you got?
1: Okay, so I'll I'll kick it off with the first round pick. So obviously I have the quarterback going in the first round since that was exactly what I was going to do. So there's two distinct possibilities for what the Redskins could do at this point. It seems that if they don't move up, Daniel Jones is definitely going to be on the board. And either Drew Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins might fall as well. I know there's been a little bit of growing buzz for Haskins making it to 15. I know Daniel Jeremiah said something about that Mm -hmm. and that he's hearing buzz connecting them. I just simply don't see Haskins making it to that point, nor do I see Locke making it there. So as many Redskins fans will dread, this pick I think would be Daniel Jones if they do quarterback in the first round. And I'm higher on Jones than most. I like his athletic ability. He's got good size, good traits. He's intelligent. He can do pretty much anything with the ball uh, that you ask him to. Sure, he could use a little bit of work on his deep ball accuracy, and he didn't always do the right thing in the pocket. But, you know, he's still got that Carson Wentz type upside. And I really think that he could have a Carson Wentz type rookie year, which wouldn't be great, but it would set the building block for him moving forward. So, that's my first round pick. Ian, did you want to chime in with your first round pick or have me finish out my mock?
0: Oh, okay. No, no, I like that. A back and forth type (laughs) deal. I like that. Yeah, this is inspiration on the spot, guys. This is the good stuff right here. Yeah, so that's what I'll do. do, We'll just go back and forth. My first round pick... yeah, so I, I, I had a multitude of different options I was thinking about. Uh, I, I wasn't going to pick a quarterback because Jacob did that. Uh, Byron Murphy was there um, like two picks before mine. So I was like, all right, maybe him. He wasn't there. Uh, but then I realized Brian Burns was there, and that was that. That was the end of that. I really like Brian Burns. He's my edge rusher 1B Nick Bosa is still the best in the draft. Um, yeah, I I don't think Burns beats him, but I think Burns with his upside and with the number of different ways that he can beat the offensive lineman and gets the quarterback. You know, he's got the best bend in the class. He's got the best. He's got really good length that he uses to cultivate leverage. And while his lack of strength shows up at times, you know, a lot of times he can use his length adequately to gain leverage and on run defense, he can, that can help him stand his ground and. Rushing the passer, though, that's where his upside is greatest with the burst and the bend. And he's very nuanced, too. So I, I think he's got really good upside as a really good compliment to Ryan Kerrigan. And with our defensive line, especially after re signing that could be scary. So uh, pretty expectedly, uh, I took Brian Burns. So I, I don't know which would you prefer at that pick, Jacob, or are you just kind of like, you know, whatever happens if they value a quarterback or if they want to take a blue chip edge rusher
1: i would personally go with the edge rusher in this circumstance just because i'm not high on the quarterback class even though i like daniel jones like i would rather take a brian burns type so if he's on the board i would take him cleland furrell should get some consideration as well and there's some buzz about montez sweat maybe slipping a little bit because of a medical condition if he's on the board at 15, I would take him in a heartbeat over anyone else because he's one of my top edge rushers in the class. But I would say in terms of pure value, the edge rusher pick is the better one, and Brian Burns probably would have a pretty immediate impact on the defense if he can hold up for all three downs. That's my only concern with him. Yeah. What about you?
0: No, I, would, I would go the same way. Even. Even with quarterbacks, honestly, you know, maybe if one drops to fifteen and you don't have to trade up, you can think about it. But I've I've maintained all offseason after watching Burns' tape and after he came to the combine at two fifty and didn't show any concerns with movement, I've maintained that he's a top five player on my board and I'd I'd snag him in a heartbeat. So I, I do really like Sweat too, but Burns fluidity and flexibility is the is the deal breaker for me there. I I think he that's where he has a little bit better upside. But uh, either one of those picks would be good, and um, uh, I think I think Daniel Jones. You know, I feel like I've been a little harsh on Jan- Daniel Jones this year. I, I, I'm not sure how I would rate four, five, six. Um, I'd probably I had Greer Rippy, no, I had Rippy and Greer then Jones in my last article. Um, but I, I do think Jones has some upside and like you said yeah, I think he has to be in the right situation and I think a lot has to go right for him but you know maybe it could work out um, I prefer Locke if we're going quarterback in round one but even then it's a big question mark so I, I prefer the the high floor high upside edge rusher than the uh, really really just cloudy situation quarterback but enough about the first round let's go to the second round who did you have there
1: so I had a player from the state of Michigan. Oh. Um, he, he plays the edge, and he does not go mm. to your favorite school, Michigan State. No, he is a Wolverine. It's Chase Winovich. Um, so if the Redskins pass on an edge in the first round, the edge class thins out pretty quickly after the early rounds. Um, it's very, very, very top-heavy. Like, the top is pretty close to elite, but after you get past that first round, there's only a few prospects that I really consider difference makers on day two chase Winovich is one of them he's got really good athletic ability and excellent motor he plays hard um, he's, he's always out there trying to make plays he has proven production and he's just the type of guy that the Redskins have targeted in the past in the second round that second round edge type of player um, Trent Murphy and Ryan Anderson are a little bit similar to him though I would say um, uh, Winovich's athletic ability is better than that of Anderson so I could see them taking him if they pass on an edge rusher in the first round. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on in that second round. Now, what about you? I know you, I think you also have someone from the state of Michigan.
0: Yes, and I had someone from the good school in the state of Michigan.
1: Uh, Ooh, shots fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, there there may have been a bit of personal bias factor in here because I could have picked a wide receiver like Debo Samuel was there. But I'm um, thinking about, I feel like there's a low-key need at cornerback when you look at Josh Norman. Uh, he's what 32 and the contract number is still really big i feel like i feel like his situation is not necessarily viable long term so why not get a guy who can replace him i feel like justin lane out of michigan state really fits that mold well um i think justin lane he's he's a former wide receiver who's early into his transition from wide receiver to corner had i think 16 passes defensed last year uh with michigan state and he he put the clamps on Nikhil Harry. That was a dog fight throughout. I I really like how physical he is at the catch point and he's got very good movement for a six two between a frame between six two and six three. So he's got a really good size speed combination and you know me. Last offseason I was raving about Quentin Dunbar's size speed combination. Uh something about Something about the ball skills that a wide receiver transfers to the cornerback position I like, and I think Lane has that, and I think he has the upside to be a, a good starter in the NFL. And I think at corner, which I think the two most important defensive positions for me are edge and corner, so get those locked down right away. That's what I'm doing in this draft class, so I don't know. But uh, I, I think those are two pretty good second-round pick um, scenarios. You look at Winovich, like you said. Super high motor. Uh, I've got my edge rankings coming out soon, and I think I have him around seventh. So he's like my top second round guy, one of my top second round guys. I'm I'm pretty high on him. But then Lane too. You know, if you want to prioritize the pass coverage in the in the modern NFL, you know that that's that's a good way to do it too. So pretty good. Uh, who'd you have in round three?
1: So well, we'll do the two third round picks that I had. Uh, the early third round pick. I got this guy at the 12th pick in the third round, and some people are going to raise their eyebrows at this because they think he's going to go earlier, but Hakeem Butler was on the board in this simulation, and I think there's a chance that he could fall into that third-round range. Uh, Butler had a great year for Iowa State. He averaged 22 yards a catch, had 1,318 receiving yards and nine touchdowns, and he's got a ridiculous 6'6 frame and awesome athletic ability. But he's still raw as a receiver. He's coming along, but he could use a little bit more development. So I think people, I think teams are going to cool a little bit on him. I don't know if he'll actually make it to the third round. I think he ultimately will come off the board in the late second at the latest. But I just figured I'd give him to the Redskins in this draft just to show that there is a possibility that Butler could go a little bit later than most are thinking. And then with the third-round compensatory pick, I grabbed a guy who the Redskins have been showing a lot of interest in lately to help with the guard position, Charlotte's Nate Davis. Um, this is uh, a tackle-turned-guard, or a guard-turned-tackle, actually. I believe played guard first in college and then moved to right tackle his senior year. Uh, he's about 6'3". He's built pretty stout. He's got a 315-pound frame. Could be a solid blocker on the inside. They've shown a lot of interest in him. I think he visited the team last week. Uh, So he could challenge Eric Flowers for that starting job at left guard, and at the very least, he'd provide much better depth on that offensive line, so I I could see them targeting him at that juncture. So pretty much addressing the offense in that third round was my goal, and I think I accomplished that pretty well.
0: Okay, I just want to put a disclaimer out there, guys. Me and Jacob did not do these mocks at the same time. We did not. Uh, we had no idea who the other was picking. It just so happens that I did wide receiver and Nate Davis in my third round as well. Hey, how yeah. about that? Great how minds about that? Think alike. Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, no, I, I like Davis, so I got him with the third round comp pick. I think he's got starting upside with some athleticism and some power, a good combination of both. And I'm not very confident about putting Flowers at that guard position. So if I can put Davis above him, I'm doing that. Even if as a rookie, you know um but uh yeah he's got a high iq as a blocker too so i I think he's got a good combination of traits to use there i didn't pick Akeem butler though i picked kelvin harman out of nc state he's a guy that got some first round love uh at one point in the offseason he's kind of fallen a little bit most people have in the second round he dropped to the third which with how many wide receivers are in that second to third round range it's possible for a lot of guys to drop you know based on what teams prefer so I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, even with Butler, because he's dropped a little bit. But uh, Kelvin Harmon, you know, he's nothing flashy, but he's a very solid, reliable receiver. And I think that's what the Redskins need right now. Um, particularly if you if you had to pick one type of receiver in this draft, you're going to pick the guy who isn't going to let you down. And I think Harmon does that. He's pretty fluid for his size, 6'3 frame, pretty big, rangy. And he, he nuanced, and he just he knows how to win in a lot of different ways. He's not a stellar athlete, but a, ver, a very high floor, who I think has some upside in a premier role in an offense. So um, who would you prefer, Kelvin Harmon or Raheem Butler on the spot?
1: Oh, on the spot, that's tough. They're, they're both very close in my receiver rankings. I think I had Butler at seven and Harmon at eight. So I give the slight edge to Butler because he has more of that upside. But he also has a lower floor. So I would say Butler is the, like, low floor, high ceiling. And Harmon is the low ceiling, high floor. Like, if you're looking for a guy who you're definitely going to get production out of, that would be Harmon for me. And if you're looking for a guy who could possibly be a number one receiver in the NFL, that would be Butler.
0: Yeah, okay. I would would air it on the same side there. I really like Butler's upside, his size-speed combination. So I would probably go with Butler too, but... They're both, they're both pretty good prospects if you're projecting for what they can be. And if you want to take the safe route, Harmon's a good option. We both had Nate Davis, so in agreement there. Uh, who'd you have in round five? This is where we're going to differ, I know that for sure.
1: Okay, let, let's see if you proved to be right about that. So <laughs> I kept addressing the offense actually in round five. I went pretty offense heavy in this mock um, in general. But with the 15th pick in round five, I grabbed an upside tight end in Kehale Waring. Okay. Um, I apologize if I butcher the first name, but Warring is a uh, – he's a guy who's on the rise. He's worked out for the Redskins. He's still learning the tight end position. He got into football late in his life, and he played at San Diego State, showed some receiving potential. But a lot of teams have shown some interest in him, and his athletic ability is pretty solid. So – Um, He could end up rising into that round four, maybe even sneaking to the end of round three. So getting him in round five is a steal. And uh, with my last pick of round five, I grabbed a developmental tackle to uh, replace Ty Insecki. I know they have Jerron Christian. They may be planning on giving him the swing job. But I wanted another guy just to provide depth there, especially given how injured our tackles have been recently. Uh, So I grabbed William Sweet from North Carolina. He's one of my favorite late round sleepers. Um, he's he's just got he's got the size, he's got the frame, he's got the length. He's not a great athlete and he needs to improve his technique, but if he can do that, it's possible that he could become a starter in this league and at the very least be a solid swing tackle. So Couple of projects there, but guys that will definitely help the depth. What did you end up doing with those two picks?
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay, I I knew I was worried when you said tight end because with the second fifth round pick, I picked a tight end as well. But we'll get to that later. First, I have my quarterback in Brett Rippian. Now I know some of you are going to love that pick. Some of you are going to be like, "Hey, we needed to go in round one." I think just this is just me. You know, I know a lot of people differ on Ripien, but I think he can definitely start in the right situation in the nfl i think mentally he's a very quick processor on the field and i think he has good enough accuracy where he can make most of the necessary throws the arm strength might not be good enough to keep the velocity consistent downfield but i really think in the short and intermediate ranges especially he's very very reliable and even he can make some pretty really good throws downfield too so i think I, the upside will be limited you'll hear that said about Ripian but if he's in the right situation he could flourish kind of like a Kirk Cousins type of situation and anytime you can get a cheap quarterback especially in today's market you do it and i think so I, I think he's definitely got starting upside in the right situation so i picked him with round with my first round 5 pick with my second pick in round 5 i picked LSU tight end Foster Moreau this is a guy who tested very well athletically at the combine um, a, a very good blocker in both running and passing. And I think he's got the upside as a receiver where maybe next year when Jordan Reed loses his viability and when Vernon Davis he, – he's got to retire, right? I, I don't know if he ever will, but he has to, right? And when he does, Foster Moreau, I think, has the developmental upside where he can kind of filter in there. So I had Rippian and Moreau. Uh, I think you can – you can sum that up as you know a quarterback who could start and a tight end who could end up being a contributor down the line so just not not like a hundred percent guarantees there but a pretty solid haul in the fifth round and I think you had a solid haul as well so good stuff there let's move on to round six only one pick in round six who'd you got
1: so I went with another one of my favorite sleepers and I'm also looking at what I drafted, and I went very North Carolina heavy in this draft. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of prospects from North Carolina. There's nothing to do with the fact that I lived in North Carolina for six months. I just want to make that disclaimer. <laughs> but, um, so I grabbed another receiver because I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of the idea of grabbing two receivers in a deep receiver class, and I got an NC State receiver who's not Kelvin Harmon. It's actually Jacoby Myers. So Myers is a converted quarterback. He's like 6'2". And he's got some pretty good athletic ability. He's got quick feet. He had 92 catches and over 1,000 yards last year. And he flashed on tape. He can play a little bit outside, but he's he's best in the slot. I just thought he did a really good job of getting open. And sure, he probably benefited a little from Kelvin Harmon's presence. But Myers was pretty sure-handed. The fact that he only changed a receiver from quarterback a couple years ago means that he has a higher ceiling than most know. So I'm... I'm a big fan of the idea of adding him, having him compete in the slot for Trey Quinn, and just adding another versatile weapon to the bench at receiver. And I really think he could end up being a steal. He's one of my favorite late-round gems that I've written about so far. Um, Because when I watched his tape making the receiver big board, I was just very surprised at how much I liked him. I didn't think that he was going to be as good as he was. So he's definitely one of my favorite sleepers, and that's why I went with him.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I picked a receiver as well. We are we are way too similar. I did not think we would be this similar. I had a receiver as well. Um and I had a converted receiver as well, actually. Um a converted running back, Jalen Hurd out of Baylor. Heard of him?
1: Oh good one. I, I like I do like that pick though.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's um yeah, converted running back. Um not the fastest guy. You know, I, I my my original thought, guys, because I, I was deciding between um, Andy Isabella and Kelvin Harmon in round three. Ultimately, went with Harmon. Late, and I I figured later on, you know, there's some guys who have speed who I, maybe I could mold into a weapon. Maybe Anthony Ratliff Williams or maybe Greg Dortch. But I saw Jalen Hurd's name there, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this gamble. He's he's got really good size, 6'4", 220. Um, and very good running ability. As a converted running back, he's got very good contact balance, really good lateral quickness. And I think put him in the big slot position maybe, Um, and he could thrive. You know? Use him as a chess piece on the offense. The goal of an NFL offense, you want to get balance across weapons. You want to get a bunch of guys who can do good good things when they have the ball in their hands. And I think Hurd is a guy who you can kind of move around, kind of be creative with. Um, he, he's pretty raw at the receiver position, which is to be expected, but I think he's the upside where he could be a pretty good offensive weapon down the line. So in round six, you know, it, it, it's a gamble that it comes at a low cost. So pretty good. Yeah,
1: and I'm sorry to interrupt, but one thing I like about Hurd as well is he has played running back, so you can give him some snaps at running back. He's oh, not yeah. going to be a full time player there, but like we saw the Patriots use Cordero Patterson as a running back in a couple games this year, give him like five to ten carries so you add herd to the mix you can do some uh pretty tricky stuff motioning him in and out of the backfield and you know have him take some handoffs
0: yeah exactly you know you got to keep an open mind you got to think outside the box and I think that selection allows you to do that but then with Jacoby Myers you know you add a guy to the receiving core you know give him a chance to emerge and he might just become a very valuable weapon as a pass catcher so some good picks there final round and then we'll kind of wrap it all up and put it all back together. Uh, Who did you have as your seventh round picks?
1: So I finally addressed the secondary in the seventh round. I'd wanted to do it earlier, but the value just never seemed right. Um, I thought about a safety on uh, day three, but with Hakeem Butler and Nate Davis on the board, I just didn't think it made sense. Um, I still didn't pick a safety with my first pick. I went with one of my guys that has a, my favorite name in the draft at Clifton Duck. oh. Uh, another, he's from Appalachian State. He's had 12 interceptions during his career. He only had one last year, but he's a pretty solid tackler. He can get get a lot of stuff done. He's undersized. That's what's keeping him out of being anything but a seventh-round pick. He's only 5'10", 170. Uh, But, you know, he's the type of guy, like, we got Danny Johnson and Greg Strowman late last year, and they flash as nickel guys. So you get Duck in there, give him a chance to play the slot, Worst-case scenario, you end up with him on the practice squad. Um, so I just like the idea of giving him a chance because, you know, if injuries strike in the preseason at slot, he could be a good backup there and could grow. he get and a duck
0: then, in there. I love that.
1: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it really could work out, and then we'd have a duck on the Redskins. Exactly. That.
0: Dude, that's the best part, honestly. I'm on board. Yeah.
1: I am all for it too. And then with, with my last pick, I finally got my safety and it's going to be a pick that a lot of people will not like, uh, just based off of the trend that the Redskins have had at safety recently. Uh, they have drafted some very, very athletic players like Troy Apke and Monte Nicholson who have tested well at the combine. So I grabbed Zendrick Woods, who, blew up the combine, just no one really expected it. He ran a 4 9 in the 40-yard dash, and he plays much slower than that on tape, but, you know, he's the type of guy that could come in and maybe play a role on special teams. That's all you really ask for, for a seventh-round pick. And with that type of athletic upside, if you can coach him up, you know, maybe he becomes a contributor. So grabbing him with, like, the third-to-last pick of the draft, it's worth a shot, so... I, I've decided to go with him. I don't love the idea. I don't think that he's going to end up like being a big-time player, but he seems to fit that mold that the Redskins like.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I can see that. And with the late-round picks, you know, you have room to kind of take your risks where you see it as fit. So, uh, interesting. Uh, I had a – all right, so I, I picked a safety, my second pick, too. I'm I'm reading it. Hang on a sec. Okay, well, first – I gotta, I gotta clarify. I was doing my mock on Draft Network, and I accidentally clicked restart draft with like two picks left. So I had to write the picks in my notes, and I gotta look down and everything. So it's, it's, uh, it's an ordeal. But um, in, with my first pick, I picked offensive tackle Derwin Gray out of Maryland. I felt like I needed to address the offensive line one more time, just for safe, just for safekeeping. And I think Gray at 6'5", 330 is pretty good size. Um, and I've, I've seen. Tough about him possibly moving to guard, so maybe if they want to move him inside, give him a better shot, maybe that would work. But a developmental guy, pretty pretty decent athlete who has some upside. And with my final pick, I picked a safety, Saquon Hampton, out of Rutgers. Uh, this is a guy who I he had three interceptions, thirteen pass deflections last year, so uh, he's uh, he's ascending coming into the NFL. Uh, he's he's got a pretty long frame and some good size to complement that or good speed to complement that so I think at that point just add some depth to the safety position and who knows maybe he can emerge uh, alongside Landon Collins with time and maybe become a contributor I don't know but like you said I mean in round seven special teams contribution is basically the first thing you're looking for and then uh, build off of that and see where it leads so I don't know we'll see but um Yeah, so that's our mocks, guys. Jacob, you want to fire off your picks real quick so people can get a sense of the entire body of work?
1: Yeah, I'll do that real quick here. So first round, quarterback Daniel Jones. Second round, edge Chase Winovich. Uh, Wide receiver Hakeem Butler. Offensive lineman Nate Davis going round three. Two round five picks are tight end Kahale Waring and offensive tackle William Sweet. Uh, Round six, wide receiver Jacoby Myers. Round seven, Cornerback Clifton Duck, and the final pick, Zedric Woods, a safety for Mississippi.
0: All right. and my mock drafts, in round one, I had Edge Brian Burns out of Florida State. Round two, corner, Justin Lane out of Michigan State. Round three, I had NC State wide receiver Kelvin Harmon and Charlotte offensive guard Nate Davis. Round five, I had Boise State quarterback Brett Rippon and LSU tight end Foster Moreau. Round six, Baylor wide receiver Jalen Hurd. Round seven, I had Maryland offensive tackle Derwin Gray and Rutgers safety Saquon Hampton. So there it is. Jacob, I commend your efforts. I think that was a pretty good draft.
1: I commend yours as well. Two very realistic possibilities from the Redskins. I have to say, I think my favorite picks that I ended up with were Chase Winovich because I think he might be the most realistic and Hakeem Butler because he was the best value I had yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on uh your picks, your most realistic and your favorite.
0: I don't know if I had any super realistic ones. It seemed like you were focusing more on the realisticness of it and I was just kind of going for hey, what what can I do to make this the best value but uh, yeah, it's good to get a mix in there. Um I I really like Ryan Burns. I've said that a million times and I'm probably going to try and fit a million more instances of that in in the next week but I'm a big fan of Brian Burns, guys, uh, and that that that's the number one option by a sizable margin for me in round one. Um, Justin Lane, too. I think that's an underrated selection. I think that's a guy who could really become a really good player in the NFL. Um, Brett Ripon in round five. You know, if they, if they wait for a quarterback, there's a guy who can give you some starting reps at very good value uh, with the way he goes through progressions and stuff like that, and then... um. I know Zach Hicks, a guy I follow on Twitter, very high in Squan Hampton. So uh, I, I kind of took him with that upside in mind. But uh, when you get to the late rounds, it's a lot of experimentation. So you know, it's kind of like you know, whatever, whatever works, you know, to try it out. But um, I think, um, yeah, a lot to think about for sure. Um, unfortunately, we are almost out of time, guys. So we're gonna head out here. Um, be sure to. Uh, voice your opinion in the comments and see which draft you like better, mine or Jacob, and don't hold anything back, guys. Don't hold anything back. Cause uh it's it's the time uh it's the time of year where you know you gotta put your opinions out there and make your opinions known and uh with only one week left, you really gotta be vigilant about that. So appreciate you guys listening though. Uh peace out, have a good night.